Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member special access to cool events behind the scenes footage and so much more plus you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon it's in you please be in it visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now that's podcast with an s thanks from kqed I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, and welcome to The Bay, local news to keep you rooted. I remember during the peak of the pandemic when everyone was thanking essential workers, especially low-wage service workers. But many of those same workers aren't getting paid what they're owed. For some people, it's the difference between being able to pay your rent or not and living in a car, you know, with your kids. So it's it's a very urgent issue for tens of thousands of workers at the very least. California's got a wage theft problem. And on top of that, thousands of mostly low-wage immigrant workers are waiting months, if not years, to try and recover their money. And that's because of a backlog at the state agency that's supposed to help them. Today, just how bad is California's wage theft problem and why it's so hard for workers to get what they're owed. By wage theft, we mean, you know, anytime an employer doesn't pay their workers or employees what they agreed to or doesn't follow labor laws in the state, like minimum wage, paying people for meal and rest breaks, overtime, paid sick leave, that kind of stuff. Farida Jabvala Romero is a labor correspondent for KQED. study I saw from the Economic Policy Institute, that study said one form of wage theft, being paid below the minimum wage, was around $2 billion per year in California. So, um, you know, it, it could be a lot more money that workers are not getting from their employers. And that has a host of big impacts. When families are unable to afford to pay rent or struggle to buy groceries, that of course has you know big impacts for um, you know the state as a whole. Many folks um, end up relying on safety net programs, food banks, and of course safety net programs that we all as taxpayers you know pay for. So it has a lot of downstream impacts uh, for 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 people, but also for for the state. Farida, what kind of worker does the issue of wage theft affect the most in in the state of California? Like, what kind of jobs? We know that it impacts a lot of low-wage workers in the state. These are often, you know, people of color, immigrants who are vulnerable or maybe undocumented in, in in, in California. 
some of the industries where the state has found very high incidences of wage theft are in construction, janitorial services, residential care, the restaurant industry, garment industry, and of course these are, these are industries where a lot of uh, you know people of color, immigrant workers are are at. And Frida, I know you spoke with someone, uh, or you spoke with many people who have experienced wage theft, um, including one woman in Sacramento. Can you introduce me to Maria and tell me who she is and what happened to her? Maria Bernal works at a jack-in-the-box franchise restaurant in Folsom. Me ha tocado vivir mucho lo que es a robo de salario. She lives in Sacramento nearby. Um, she's 43. She's a single mom of three. Tengo una hija mayor de 23 años estudiando en la Universidad de Monterrey, Salinas. Tengo un niño de 5 años y otro de 17 años. Él está en la high school. And she told me that, uh, you know, she'd been working often double shifts of about 14 hours per day for years, but that she was only paid about two-thirds of that time. Mi cheque me salía corto. Uh, she was often working off the clock and not paid at all for that time. Me iba yo a trabajar y era toda la tarde, toda la noche. Pues no, no comía bien, no dormía bien or she wasn't paid the overtime rate. She makes minimum wage, which is $15 in California for employers with 26 employees or more. So overtime for her would be $22 an hour, but she wasn't getting that. Her employer was also not paying her for meal and rest breaks. Que estaba siempre la esperanza o para ya me lo van a pagar y ya me lo van a pagar. Estaba yo con esa esperanza. So workers like her have told me that they often, uh, you know, didn't even know exactly uh, how much they should be paid. They didn't know about their rights. But over the years, you know, they figure it out. Sometimes it's through uh, co-workers. In the case of Maria Bernal, I think she was in touch. She got in touch with organizers with the Fight for 15 campaign, and they helped her figure out how much she was she was owed. I mean, how, how much ultimately was she so she ended up filing a wage claim. Uh, it's a claim for unpaid wages with the California Labor Commissioner's Office. She uh, estimates she's owed more than $86,000 over the course of more than three years. Lo que me which, of course, would make a huge difference in her life and that of her family. I mean, that's a ton of money. Like, how did that ultimately affect her life? I mean, even though she was working so much, she fell behind on her rent. She ended up having to live in her car with her kids for months. Era coraje, era una rabia que sentía por dentro. Decía, Dios mío, ¿cómo es posible que estemos viviendo así? Si yo estoy trabajando tanto, ¿cómo vamos a estar en un carro? And she told me that one of the things she worried the most when she was, you know, trying to sleep on the street with her kids was that, you know, someone would break into their car. Fue muy difícil porque, pues, a veces no buscaba yo un lugar seguro donde, pues, que pudieran por lo menos descansar mis niños. Mm. 
think it was incredibly stressful for her and her children. So it's had a huge impact in her life. And meanwhile, like I said, you know, she estimates her employer owes her tens of thousands of dollars. You know, that's one of the stories I've heard from workers about, about the impacts. Other workers have told me that, um, you know, they, they're struggling to buy food or they've had to move um, from their apartment or their home, you know, several times because because they can't afford the rent. Um, and these are people that are working a lot. Like Maria was working 14 hours a day. There are all kinds of businesses that are stealing wages from their workers. But one of the biggest culprits, according to advocates, is the fast food industry. Many of the workers Frida interviewed worked at fast food franchises. One survey conducted by Fight for 15 of more than 400 workers found that 85% experienced at least one form of a labor law violation. A big reason, researchers say, is because of how the fast food business model is set up. So in terms of the fast food industry, the report by the uh, Fight for 15 campaign and SEIU, they point to the system of franchises. So most of the restaurants that you go into, you know, McDonald's or Subway or Jack in the Box, um, those are likely owned by small business owners who pay a fee to the corporations to represent the brand. And in those contracts, the corporations end up controlling many of the aspects of operating the business itself from the way it looks to the hour of operations or for the uh, meals that are advertised on TV, they set the price on those, you know? So there's very few things that um, the small business owner actually controls. And we spoke with uh, researchers at the UC Berkeley Labor Center, and and they told us that uh, one of the few things that the franchisees control is how much they pay their employees how many people they have on the floor, and that when these uh, small business owners face slim profit margins, that sort of incentivizes them to cut corners on their workers' paychecks. So they fault this franchise system. They see um, a greater need for corporations to share some of the responsibility if workers are suffering wage theft at their franchises or any other type of, you know, uh, labor or health and safety violations. Coming up, what happens when California workers ask the state to help get their wages back? Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? It's history, it's people, it's unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading!
Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Frida, what recourse do people like Maria have if they discover that they weren't paid what they were owed? So workers in California um, can file claims for unpaid wages with the state's labor commissioner's office. So the labor commissioner will, you know, investigate the claim and decide whether a worker is indeed owed the wages that they claim or a different amount of money. And to be fair, there are other states in the in the U.S. where workers don't have this free of cost alternative to filing a lawsuit in state court. But we found in our reporting some serious delays in the labor commissioner resolving tens of thousands of these cases per year. How many people are in that backlog? So we know from data we got from the Labor Commissioner's Office that there's about 32,000 wage claims that are currently pending. Nearly half of those have been waiting more than a year for a resolution. There's actually 4,000 claims we found that have languished for three years or more. After you file a claim for unpaid wages, there's a settlement conference, and employers can settle at any time in this in this whole process. But if that doesn't work, there's a, a hearing that needs to happen. Right now, the average wait time statewide for a hearing is two years on average, and it's a lot worse in the agency's Oakland office, where workers are forced to wait around three years on average for a hearing. Why is that? Why is it so bad in in Oakland in particular? Statewide, the pandemic had a huge impact on hearings uh, at the Labor Commissioner's Office. The agency halted in-person hearings, which was the way they were doing things before. And then they took a while to ramp up their operations in a virtual uh, you know, way. Here in Oakland and other parts in San Francisco, LA, other higher cost areas of the state, the agency is having trouble recruiting and hiring and retaining staffers for these positions that are needed to investigate and decide wage claims. So it seems like there are two big problems here, one being the way that the fast food industry is set up in a way that it's ripe for abuse and a lack of accountability for employers, and that the system that is supposed to help employees get recourse for wage theft has this really huge backlog. So what's being done about these problems, starting with the fast food industry? Yeah, so I mean, I think the main thing that's being done or people are attempting to do in California is um, this bill, it's called AB 
257. Uh, it's known as the Fast Recovery Act, and the bill would do two things. One, it would make fast food corporations more liable for labor law violations at their franchises, like wage theft. Um, the other thing the bill would do is it would establish a council where the voices of fast food workers would be represented, along with um, employers, uh, corporations, labor law enforcement agencies. And the goal of the council would be to set minimum standards for the industry in California and try to hash out some of the problems for for workers that we're seeing. I mean, if this bill passes, California would be the first state to implement something like this. Okay, so there's this bill at the state legislature to address problems with the fast food industry. But then when it comes to this backlog at the labor commissioner's office, is the state going to spend more money to help hire people there? Because that seems like a pretty straightforward fix to me. I mean, I think it definitely is because this is a problem about an agency that's trying to do its job but just doesn't have the required number of people at this point to get rid of the backlog, uh, you know, cut the delays. There's 64 hearing officer positions statewide. We know that not all of them are filled. Governor Newsom proposed to increase the number of hearing officers by six more this coming budget year. But advocates say that's just not enough to clear the backlog and cut wait times. And so uh, they definitely need more people. They're still in this, you know, sort of vicious cycle where lawmakers say they wouldn't give the agency more money to hire more uh, staff until they get their vacancy rate down. But I think this is something that can definitely be done if Governor Newsom and the legislature places a little more, you know, uh, emphasis and, and attention and makes this a priority. There are a lot of consequences, right, for um, how much time it's taking to fix this problem for people. So what does this all mean for the workers that you spoke to in the meantime? I mean, I imagine every day of lost wages counts. This is a really important point. The longer these claims uh, linger at the labor commissioners without a final resolution, the harder it is for workers to actually recover the money that they're owed. Es algo que es mío porque yo lo gané, yo no estoy pidiendo nada regalado, es mío. Mirna Arana is the mom of two young kids. She's in her early 30s. She lives in Oakland. She used to clean offices and homes in San Francisco and other parts of the Bay Area for a small janitorial company called uh, Made Number One Services. And so Mirna said her shifts often lasted 12 hours, uh, six days a week. Um, she had to pay the toll for, uh, you know, crossing the bridge. She had to pay for her uniform. Uh, but her employer only paid her uh, six hours a day, she said. Yo me daba cuenta en mis cheques porque miraba que yo trabajaba desde las seis de la mañana a las once. A veces a las once y media yo venía llegando a la casa o a la oficina. Y miraba mi cheque que... She filed her wage claim with the labor commissioner's office in Oakland, which, like I mentioned, is the office with the worst delays statewide for hearings, but she didn't know that at the time. And she waited more than three years for a final decision. Esto es mucho tiempo para resolver un caso. 
you know, in three years, so much can happen. So in the case of uh, Mirna Arana, the business that she used to work for went bankrupt. Mm. And so she's unsure whether she'll ever get the money that she's owed. But the labor commissioner came out with the decision. I mean, they ruled uh, last December that Arana's uh, old boss owes her nearly $183,000 in unpaid wages, which is just a huge amount of money. But she hasn't been paid yet. So she doesn't know what's going to happen. She's trying to, you know, figure out how to try to collect some of that money. I texted her recently and she's still, you know, trying to figure that out. Meanwhile, she and her family uh, had to move, she said, three times because they couldn't afford the rent. And she's relied on food banks to, to feed her family. I'm just thinking about this story, Frida, in sort of the larger context of like the pandemic as well, when I feel like there was so much conversation about like how restaurant workers are the most affected and all this praise for essential Essential workers. workers. Right. And yet the urgency around this issue feels almost like non-existent. Like we just had a primary election and this issue is not something that I'm hearing about. And I feel like there's like a disconnect there. Yeah, you're totally right. This is a huge issue for the people that are impacted. Wage theft can happen at any level, but it definitely affects a lot of lower income workers. And so for them, it's a very, very urgent issue. You know, for some people like uh, Maria Bernal, it's the difference between being able to pay your rent or not. You know, there's 30,000 claims each year at the Labor Commissioner for unpaid wages around that number. So we know that's tens of thousands of workers that are complaining about this to the state government and that there are an untold number of employees who or workers who may not file those claims but may also be going through some sort of wage theft. So it is a really big problem, and I also think there just hasn't been a lot of uh, attention paid to that from our government and also amongst the public. That was Farida Jabvala Romero, a labor correspondent for KQED. We're going to leave you a link to Farida's stories about wage theft in California in our show notes. You should go check those out. This 45-minute conversation with Farida was cut and edited by editor Alan Montecilio. Producer Maria Esquinka scored this episode and added all the tape. And we always love hearing from you. If you have any thoughts or you just want to say, hey, send us an email anytime. We are at thebay at kqed.org. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thank you so much for listening. Peace. Hi, I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as like the place to be California. The land of milk and honey, that's where you go to Sunshine State, but we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Cruz Guevara, the host of The Bay. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts with an S.